Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Amen. If you have your inserts, you can pull them out. Uh, if you have your cell phone, you can go to Version and go to events and hit Church on the Rock. And you can take some notes and have them with you all the time. We're continuing our series on Romans. I've been thoroughly enjoying the study through Romans. One of my favorite books. If you're enjoying Romans, um, you guys need to start my timer, please. If you're enjoying Romans, you also can uh, enjoy, I'm sure you will enjoy Hebrews as well. Hebrews and Romans go a lot together, but uh, today we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 10, and next week we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 11. Uh, Romans chapter 10 is one of my favorite scriptures. It starts out where you feel the experience and passion of Paul the writer for souls. How many of you have a burden or a passion to see people come to Christ? Uh, Sometimes that can go low, and that's something we have to keep maintenance on, but Paul said, dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and the prayer to God is for all the people of Israel to be saved. How many of you have people in your life that your prayer and your passion, it's on your mind, that you've got some people that you'd like to see saved? So we see that. And the other thing we're going to see in this uh, Romans chapter 10 is we're going to see that perhaps this is one of the greatest uh, examples on how to receive a promise from the Lord. You know, sometimes I think Christians look at their Bible and, and uh, they pick it up, they read it some, sometimes they don't know where to read or, or, or where to go to, or if they're going through something in their life, they're like, man, where do I find something in the Bible to help me with that? Uh, something that we call concordance is always good, where you can go online, you can even go online and say Bible concordance and say you're having fear or something. You can type in fear and it'll give you a whole bunch of scriptures but with that even after you get the scripture sometimes we're like well I know the Bible says that and I know the Bible uh, speaks to that situation but how do I we look at the Bible like what do I do with it now How can I put this in my life? How can I make the Bible active? See, that's the neat thing about reading the Bible. It's it's a book that's different from every other book. Would you all agree with me with that? It's a book separate from any other book. When you read it, it literally comes alive and it has the power to change lives. Amen? How many have experienced the Word of God being made flesh? And we're going to... I am so excited about one part in this sermon where it says Jesus, the Word, was made flesh and walked and lived among us. Okay, how many know that Jesus, the Word, came in a fleshly body, but how many also know that Jesus is called the Word? That when we read the Bible, Jesus said, I am those words. So he literally came alive in a body and walked in flesh and blood, and we were able to touch, feel, taste, experience God. Here's the neat thing. The Word is still alive, and it still can be made flesh. And we're going to talk about how to do that today. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that hearts would be able to understand today. Lord, I pray that wisdom and revelation would be, pre- would be in the room today and that we would receive and understand biblical principle today. In Jesus' name, we would have enthusiasm to receive your word. Amen. 
So Paul, he went on in verse 2 and said this, I know what enthusiasm you have for God, but it's misdirected zeal. I want you to notice that. Uh, he, he starts off saying, hey, I want everybody to be saved. And he says, man, I know some of you guys have passion for the Lord, but it's misdirected zeal. For they don't understand, he was talking about the, 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 the uh, Israelites in that time and, and the, the Jewish uh, uh, people. It says they don't understand this new way, God's new way of understanding, of making people right with himself. And then look at this, they refuse to accept God's way and they want to cling to the old way of getting right with God. How many of us have ever went through a time where we have misdirected zeal and we may not understand, but we think we understand. And we may not understand and we think we understand, but then we even get to a place where we refuse any kind of help or any kind of input because we think we know. Anybody ever been like that? I know we haven't. Amen? But look at verse 4. It says, for Christ has already accomplished the purpose. Think about that. Some of the places that we have misdirected zeal... And that we're hurting ourselves and we're not living in that place that God wants us to have. The thing is, is Christ has already accomplished it. It's like sitting there dormant, ready for us to have and enjoy. But it went on to say, for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with him. So what we had here is we had some Jewish people that were enthusiastic about the law of Moses. They were enthusiastic about how they had done it for centuries. Um, they, they, they didn't under some people, some of them didn't understand the new way of salvation through Jesus Christ. But others understood it completely, but they were just being pig-headed or stubborn about it and refusing to accept the new covenant. We know that the Old Testament is the Old Covenant and the New Testament is the New Covenant. But they wanted to stay in the Old, but God said, man, the Old's obsolete we're coming into the new. Anybody out there say amen. So some refused it because they didn't understand. But then some refused it. They did understand. They were just being hard-headed. Has anybody ever been hard-headed? We're going to talk about that today. As a result, Christ had already accomplished this purpose of this salvation. As a result, all who believed in him, that's how you made were right with God. You know, when we talk about enthusiasm for God, but walking in misguided zeal... Paul, the person who wrote Romans and, and, and talked about this, this, this zeal, but not according to knowledge, they were all co confused in, in their thinking and their actions. But Paul, the one that wrote about this, his conversion was probably a primary example of somebody that was misdirected. How many have studied the life of Paul? You want to talk about somebody that was confused. You want to talk about somebody that his way of thinking was wrong. You know, the Apostle Paul, what he did in zeal, he was so preoccupied in his mind about what he thought about the old covenant that, that, that it forced him to perceive Christ and Christians as enemies of faith of his fathers. He was, re he was responsible for throwing people into prison. And even we know that some people even died and cloaks were laid at the feet of Paul. Christians died. Christians died. And he was a Jewish rabbi having zeal for God. And all that time, he, 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 in his mind, if you were a Christian, he couldn't even tolerate that. Anybody that was a little bit different from what the law of Moses said and righteousness by the law and, and doing it the way that we want to do it, they, he didn't want to accept this new, this new way at all. If anybody did it a little bit different from what he did, 
He was like, I can't fellowship with you. I can't be around you. Even persecuted and killed. He thought, look at this. He thought he was working for the Lord. You know, I've been attacked before in churches by church people. And really, in the goodness of their heart, and in, 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 in the perception even of, of, of seeing how it happens sometimes, some people think they're working for the Lord. What a scary thing to think you're working for the Lord, and you're really working for yourself. Or you're working anti-Christ, or anti-Christian. And that's what Paul was doing. He, 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 was, he was going against the movement. And it came to the place in Acts chapter 9 uh, that as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light, a light came and flashed from him, and he fell to the ground. And keep in mind, just a couple of chapters before, he had killed some Christians. Stephen, how many know Stephen that was stoned? He had, he had had these Christians killed. And then a voice came out and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then Paul said, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Think about that. That is an amazing story to me. He was persecuting Christians. He had a zeal, but it wasn't a zeal for the Lord. And he thought he was doing the right thing. But God saw something in him that was good to where a light came down, knocked him off his high horse, and spoke audibly. I bet it stunned him. Say, what? I'm going against you, Lord? I'm, I'm going to, I, I thought I was working for you. I thought I was helping your cause. I, I, I thought I was doing something good. Uh, uh, my intentions, I think his intentions were probably pure and good. He thought he was doing something for the, the Lord. Man, that blows my mind. Because I don't want to, I keep using this word, I get my mom used to say it to me. I don't want to be so pig-headed and so stubborn that I always think that my way's got to be the right way. And if somebody else has a different idea or something else about it, that they're wrong and we got to put lines down and divide. And we can't even uh, have unity anymore in any, any way in our country. When you get down to politics and different views and stuff, everybody draws lines and you can't even have an, an intelligent conversation anymore. I, it's all right here in this scripture. I think this scripture is so relevant to where we are as a nation, where we are as a people, even. Enthusiastic, but not understanding God's way enthusiastic about our ideas and our stances, but sometimes ignorant of God's way. You know, um, you, uh, uh, and, and have you ever had, and talking about misguided zeal, in your heart of hearts you really thought you were doing the right things, but your actions are really demeaning and tearing down and taking away from sometimes what God would have for us. Here's an example, putting work, putting work in front of God. Putting work and providing for your family. Putting killer hours in to where you're not a dad and you're not a husband. And your wife's starving for emotional attention and your kids don't even know their dad. That is misdirected zeal. That is misdirected zeal. Getting so busy. Getting so busy in life to where we can't even take an hour to worship God on Sunday morning. That is misdirected, misdirected zeal. Because Scripture's very clear about don't, not forsaking the assembly. Oh, don't start preaching. You're, 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 you're going to thin the congregation out. Speak truth in love. 
Guys, God first misdirected zeal is when you think you're too busy that you can't take any time for the Lord. And then people say, well, I, my Sabbath's every day. Don't stop that, start that nonsense with me because Jesus even practiced going to church and, and, and doing that kind of stuff. Guys, misdirected zeal. Have you ever gotten in a relationship that went in places that it shouldn't go? Misdirected zeal. Misdirected zeal. There's so much time that there's missed. The phrase misdirected zeal conveys our ability as humans to be convinced about an idea or belief, but it just isn't true. Our self-created convictions can lead to zealous behavior, but 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 this behavior doesn't make the conviction true just because you have passion about it. Are you all with me today? It's okay if you're a little bit quiet because I think it's good that the Word examines. That the Word, I think we've had enough churches that want everybody feel good all the time. I really do. And we should be lovers of truth. And there should be our, it should be in our hearts that we want to conform more and more to the ways of God. But, you know, we, we, see, we see extreme examples of misdirected zeal when terrorists are blowing themselves up. And, and killing people at synagogues. This is extreme examples of misdirected zeal. Or when members of the Westboro Baptist Church put on these hateful demonstrations. You, you know, um, I'm going to speak about this because I don't know who it was. And it maybe wasn't even anybody in COTR. And I thought a whole lot about it. And I'm just a true, I just, if I believe something, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak it. But... The other, the, the last Saturday, when we had 500 plus people that know nothing about Christ, someone, I, I believe with probably pure inten- intentions, and I believe probably um, meant well, and I believe probably um, thought they were doing the right thing. Is any, everybody with me? And I, I don't know anything about it. I just think it's a perfect example for what the word's saying. But somebody put tracks on people's cars that I did not agree with the track at all. And I think it was as bad as the Westboro Baptist Church that tries to, to do hateful demonstrations. And it was bad enough to where me and Pastor Jerem, or Justin wrote on our Facebook and everywhere we could on social media that that is not the stance of Church on the Rock. That we believe in salvation, but not the way that track said to do. And if, if the person's in here done it, um, hey, I, I don't doubt your intentions. I don't doubt your purity of heart. I don't, I don't doubt any of that. I don't doubt any of that. But I hope you're convicted because sometimes we're misguided. Sometimes our zeal can be misdirected. And brothers and sisters, if we turn the kingdom off to people... If we turn the kingdom off to people, that, that's what was happening in the Old Testament with the, with the, with the, Jewish, the Jewish people. It, the Bible says that, that with long prayers and, and a, a strict adherence to rituals and laws and, and, and watching what people were giving of money and time and all this. and I mean, they, they, they preached it. They came so hard on people. Jesus said, man, guys... You are shutting the kingdom up. I, I don't know about you, but when, when I see the Westboro Baptist Church, 
doing their hateful demonstrations, that does not want me, that does not lead me to want to be a Christian. At all. At all. Zero. The Bible's very clear. It says the long sufferings, the forbearance, the goodness of the Lord, and the love of God is what draws people to repentance. And so, and so, um, um, my message today isn't to bring correction to that situation. My message today is that is a perfect example of misdirected zeal. But I want you to see a compassionate side of a pastor. Let's pretend it was you and Linda, it was you and Tim. I've known you forever. That doesn't mean I don't like you anymore. That doesn't mean that I think you're of the devil and you can't hear from God and how could you zero that? Zero of that. I, I would say you was the one that I'd say you, you, you probably did that with a pure heart. You probably thought you was doing good. But guys, we got to be sensitive. We got to be sensitive. I, I, spent, I spent this morning talking to the prayer team about how I want the prayer team to, to, to welcome people when they come for prayer. Do, do, you know that, do, you know that, that, do you know that the Bible calls where we meet? God says that His house is to be a house of praise. It's to be a house of purity. But His house is a house of prayer. And so at Church on the Rock, at the end of the service... And this may be different from, for, for some of you that, 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 come, that maybe are here for the first time. But we always have prayer people come up here. And we say you can come up for prayer for anything. If you're going through a hard time. If you just need to be encouraged. If you just need somebody to stand with you. Um, if, if you're believing for a new job. Or you're needing some kind of a breakthrough. Or you got a bad doctor's report. Or you and your wife. Or you and your husband. You're, you're having some friction in your marriage. Or something's going on with your kids. Do you know God doesn't want us to walk through that stuff alone? And, and we believe that there's power in prayer. And so we encourage people to come and be prayed for. Well, our prayer team is trained that what they hear, they don't repeat it. So if you're having trouble in your, your marriage, you can, you can have a safe place that you can receive prayer. Let, let's say that, that, that you're a woman or a man and you are following, falling over and over to habitual sin. Or you're falling to some things that you know. You know, it's, you, you know you're shooting yourself in the foot. You know that this isn't helping your life. And it's not helping you be the person you want to be. And it's not helping you get where you want to be and, and who you want to be as a person. Are you all with me? Okay. Sometimes you can ask God to forgive you for stuff. Sometimes you can ask God to forgive you for some stuff. And you, can, and you can try to get over some stuff, just you and God. But sometimes... You need to be able to get that weight off. You need to be able to, James said, confess your faults one to another and pray ye one for another that you may be healed. I'm going to step out here, you know, 33 years of full-time ministry, I think I've got a right to speak into some things because I've seen a lot. Some people don't have a clue what pastoring is and they want to tell you how to do it all the time. 
But 33 years of full-time ministry, I'll tell you something. Sometimes you go to places and they say, bury your laundry of your marriage. Bury yourself. I have seen that be positive very few times. Where you just air your laundry to your spouse. Oh, you can't have any secrets and all this, that, and the other. I've got 33 years of experience and I haven't seen that be very proactive There are times that that needs to happen, maybe. But sometimes you bear your laundry to a brother, if you're a brother. And sometimes you you bear your laundry to another lady, if you're a lady. And sometimes you 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 can go at it a different way. And see, here's, you know when I say something like that on getting back to the original meaning of this scripture, some people can put a wall up where you can't hear anything I'm saying now because you've got a stance on that. Okay? I'm not telling you you have to believe that like I'm saying it. And I don't feel like I'm pressing that down your throat. I think I'm simply asking you to think about something. I don't think I've been bad. All right? You know, in, you know Jesus healed blind people, but here's the problem. Here's the problem, is, 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 is churches will read one story about how Jesus healed the blind people, and then they'll say, that's the method, and that's the way you heal blind people. And they're ignorant of the other four times that Jesus healed blind people, and five times Jesus healed blind people, he healed them five different ways. Don't get stuck in your way that says you got to bear it all. Don't get stuck in your way you don't bear anything. Because I'm not saying that. I'm saying be led of the Spirit. I'm saying be led in, in, in how God has us be free. Because the bottom line is God wants us to be free. What are you talking about today? Have you got off your point today? Nope, not at all. We're talking about coming forward and being prayed for. And how that, and then I told you how we can do that and why we do that. Okay? But here's the thing is there is 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 I spend time training our prayer people to when you come on doing it in a way because it's already hard enough to come forward for prayer anyway of doing it in a way to where that prayer time will be something purposeful. And it can be something life-changing. And it can be something, because I think God wants us to pray more for each other, but I think sometimes we have some bad experiences. Let me give you one. One time I was asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit because I was a new Christian and I had heard about that we're... A temple and the Holy Spirit can live in you and there's these wonderful gifts he gives you and stuff like that well I was like man if it's God I want that well I come up to prayer and people start shaking my belly God's all over you oh thank you Lord and they and they start Making the Holy Spirit like it's in your, well, and then they start shaking my neck and tell me the Holy Spirit's in my neck. And all they were trying to do 
is they were trying to get me to speak in tongues. I didn't even know what tongues was. That was misdirected zeal. Those people that are doing that, that's nonsense. You know what that did? It turned me off. It took me years to be open to the Holy Spirit because some knucklehead acted like an idiot to me. God's not weird. God's not weird. One reason we named this church Church on the Rock is because I wanted it to be, if you're a Catholic or a, or a Methodist or a Lutheran or a Buddhist, or I, I don't care. I wanted it to be a place that anybody can come to. Anybody. Guys, I grew up Methodist. I grew up Methodist, and I'm proud of it. Um, I, I learned a lot. Uh, I'm glad I grew up Methodist. But doing that nonsense to a Methodist boy that knows a little bit about the word is a turnoff. Misdirected zeal. Guys, I'm telling you that God wants this church to be a church that salvation happens. That people, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I, I believe in things like saved. Saved is where you ask Jesus into your heart. That's your entrance to heaven. Are we all good on that? Okay, here's another. I believe in physical healing. Does everybody you get prayed for have a manifestation of physical healing? No. And I itch my head on it because I do them pray for all of them the same and, and all that. But, you know, that's, I, I can't heal. But I can pray. And I have seen people heal. Uh, I, I, I had to drive to Columbia, Missouri when I was in my 20s because a, an Indian Hindu doctor wanted to hear about Jesus because he saw on the scans that there was cancer. This lady, I'll never forget, she, she said, this lady, there, he, he showed me, he said, cancer. No chemo, no radiation, nothing, just cancer. And then over here, no cancer. She say, I'll never forget it, a Hindu doctor, she say that Jesus has done this. Is that so? And me, a brand new wet behind the ear preacher, about 22 years old, I didn't know, I didn't even know how to answer. I mean, I didn't, oh, let me answer that. I was like shaking. Um, and, and I did the best I could to, 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 to tell him about Christ, but. What do you do in a situation like that? I did the best I could. And just trust God does something with it. Anybody out there? Keeping it real. Okay? But, um, and I, I've seen it. We went on a month fast. Um, this lady came and, and she was here. Here's another thing. I can't explain it all. But... Something you don't hear in American churches is speaking about demon possession. But guys, you can't read the New Testament and not see demon possession. But here's the deal. It's an unknown territory. People get weird on it. The stuff you see on TV to where you're like, nah, 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 keep away from me. And that. But then as a pastor, I'm like, sometimes there is... To me, if there's a compulsion that's outside of you and there's 
something that overpowers you to the point that you, you can't help yourself and, and you're destroying yourself and people around you. Guys, it's okay with saying it could be demonic. But people get weird with it. And that's why I'm trying to be quiet and not yelling it while we're doing it. People get weird with it. But as a pastor, I'm a simple guy. I know a demon can't live in us because we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. But the other day, uh, I'm a grandpa. I'm a granddad. The other day, man, there is this cool, there's this cool Play-Doh. I love Play-Doh. I love Play-Doh. I mean, the kid comes out, but man, you cram this potato into this head-like thing, and you push this thing in it, and then, and then you start turning the handle, and this thing does something I would give anything if it could happen in the physical. It grows hair. <laughs> it grows amazing hair. I, I wish they could stick something on this head and turn a handle and grow some amazing hair. I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. Woo! It's in my belly. No. <laughs> I'm teasing. It's not in my belly, and I wasn't feeling the Holy Spirit. I'm playing. Is that right to play in church? I hope so. Um, but anyway, you, you crank it, and then you take this cool thing, and it just shaves it. Shaves it off. I was doing that the other day, and I was like, that's the way demons are. They attach to you, but God can just shave them off. God can just shave it off. He can just whoop, and it's gone. So some of you may need that. It's no big deal. It's not like you're going to roll on the floor and start saying, you can't have her. I mean, so, sometimes it's, it's, sometimes you just need to say, I renounce this demonic spirit. You know what? I used to have this fear. I used to have this fear that just, golly, I, I, I just, as a man, you don't like to admit that, but I was afraid of everything. I was afraid of everything. I was afraid of failure. I was afraid of, that I couldn't meet people's expectations. I was afraid that I was going to do it wrong. I was af- afraid I didn't know what I was doing. And I mean, you just get where you're... One time, one time, I've read this scripture forever. It says, God has not given you... You can come, Braden. God has not given you a spirit of fear. But of, this is 2 Timothy 1, 7, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Oh, honestly, I do feel the Holy Spirit now on this. Write this down on your sheets, because don't, I don't have time to preach on it. But you go home and study it. If you're a person that's filled with fear, God has not given you a spirit. Maybe that's a spirit that needs shaved off you. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. Lord, I thank you that greater is he that is within me than he that is in this world. Lord, I thank you that you said that we can tread on scorpions and on, on vipers and that we can tread over all the power of the enemy. I mean, there's all kinds of... Uh, how I thank you that Acts 1.8 says you shall receive power once the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I mean, but a power and... Hey, guys, love... Love. Do you know that you will always have fear until you understand love? You always will. Because 
I'm, I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to do it. But 1 John 4, around 16, it says that you have known and believed the love that God has for you. So you can know it, but there's a difference between knowing it and believing it. You know, sometimes I'm like, honey, do you love me? Honey, do you love me? Honey, do you love me? Jesus, do you love me? The reason we're asking is we're unsure. Okay? Guys, I'm telling you, I've been a minister for 33 years. It's just been in the last four years that I believe God loves me. God loves me. I haven't even got down. I still can't believe my wife does. And I don't know why you people would. Okay? Because I, I deal with that. I, for some reason, I feel like I... And guys, here's the thing. Some people look in the mirror and love what they see. I, I don't like myself. Okay? And I believe this. The Bible says that you... That, the Bible says that, 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 you, that a man loves himself and he loves his body. And the reason he's able to love and nourish and take care of his wife, he takes care of his wife like he takes care of his own body. If you don't love yourself, how do you love others? Are y'all with me? So it says, you have known and believed the love of God. And it says, God is love. He that dwelleth in love and dwelleth in God and God in, in him. And then it says, herein is love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. See, if we don't have a clear revelation of love, then we will always walk in fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear. But of power, love. How do I get over fear? I get a revelation of God's love. And then the last thing, a sound mind. I can tell you that my mind is sound. And my mind is whole. And that I don't have a spirit of fear anymore. But I'm filled with God's power. I know His love. And my mind is sound. I sleep. I sleep. I rest. I'm not insecure. I'm not unconfident in a bad way. Are y'all with me today? Amen. It's good stuff. Praise the Lord. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.